This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Subsonic. Subsonic. Come out and see us behind the Sonic. And that's any Sonic in America. You can go into a Sonic and get what? A burger? Hot dog? Some kind of slushy thing? You don't want that shit. Pick up a Rise and Shine on your way to work. That's three cigarettes, a bologna sandwich, and a pint of schnapps. Or how about a spanky meal? It's a Schlitz Tallboy, bologna sandwich, and a penthouse. We got 3,500 locations nationwide. No drive through no waiting. Just pull up, buy your sack. It's cash only, and you better move quick or the deal goes bad. You know where we are. Look for the van by the dumpster. Thank you for cracking another road soda. 91 road sodas on the wall. 91 road sodas on the wall. That's probably about the furthest that anyone has ever made that song before. Giving the fuck up. You started at 99, right? You started at 99. 91 is like a good for you if you it's make five it Five minutes in, yeah. On this episode, five-year-olds are slinging crack rocks. And Willie the Actor makes his debut. I'm Isaiah Cooper. With me is... Greg McGinnis. And we are talking about Victoria chair-fucking. And Tim Robinson amuses us with many ways to get thrown out of a venue. Victoria chair-fucking. It's not a story about Victoria fucking a chair. It's... Don't worry about it. You'll hear it. You'll hear it. You'll hear it. You'll, You'll hear it. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, we love to hear from you. Please, uh... Write in to us, roadsodamail at gmail.com. If you write into us, give us your mailing address and you get a sweet, sweet postcard, hand-drawn postcard, handwritten to you. It's going to be all to you because we just want to, we appreciate you. We appreciate you for, for listening. So please, continue to listen. Tell your friends about us. And then also, if you don't have friends, tell strangers about us. That's fine too. Just do something. And uh, subscribe, and, and but we always thank you guys so much because, you know, you're, you're actually listening to this. We're, uh, we're very thankful for you. So, thank you guys. All right, Greg, 91 me, baby. 91. 91 is another year that I was in high school, so near and dear. You're still in high school? Heart. Still in high school. 91 started with me in 10th grade. And ended with me starting in 11th fucking grade. That's where I'm at in 91. Let me tell you where I was, Greg. Where were you? In my mother's vagina. Sweet. In 91? Halfway through. Halfway cooked. Halfway through, I came out. Wow. Halfway through 91. Halfway through. Well, yes. Wow. Almost halfway through 91. Actually, no... Uh, yeah, almost halfway through 91 is when I came out of my mother's vagina, but, so which means I was conceived in 90. Giddy up. Giddy up. 
That's obviously the most important 91 aspect. Everything else from here is just... Everything else from here is, is just, just trinkets secondary. and knickknacks and tchotchkes. Well, so let's start with the tchotchke. Uh, the p- movie of the year, this was made in 1990, won the Oscar for Best Picture in 91. Forrest Gimp. I'll give you the line. I'll eat your liver with a night with a... Fava beans. Fava beans and a nice candy. Chianti. Yes. Yes. Silence of the Lambs. Now, rare distinction for this movie. It won Best Picture. Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor. Jodie Foster won Best Actress. Mm. And they I want to swept. Just... That's called a sweep. Well, more particularly, because sometimes you'll get a movie that wins like a bunch of big Oscars, but the the main actor and, and actress both win in that same movie. That I want you to guess how many times do you think that's happened. Three. It's happened seven times. One of them was fucking Clark fucking Gable in some broad from 1930. Who gives a fuck? Fuck you, that Clark Gable. Yeah. That's the only reason you won it because hey, it was say, the only movie that I'm gonna year. I'm going to smack you because you're a girl. Say, no, don't smack me. It's going to... same. There was only ten thing. movies that year and you were in every single one, Clark That Gable. is exactly true, too. There was only <laughs> ten fucking movies. It was like... They always like to talk about Bill Russell is like a famous basketball player for the Celtics back in the 50s. He has he won eleven out of the twelve years he played. He won the championship. Mm-hmm. He has more rings than he has fingers. But when you go back and look at it, there were like six fucking teams in the fucking NBA. And give me a fucking break. And give me a fucking you break. You got a fucking twenty percent chance of winning right when you fucking start. That's right. Uh, but in nineteen seventy six, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. One Jack Nicholson was the leading man. I forget what the lady's name was. Uh, the next year it happened. Network, which was a big movie. Um, who was the guy? So one, fl- oh, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest won. We're still talking about all the people that won. We're talking about the movie that had the best actors and best actors. Right. Just, just like Silence of the Lambs. In, just like in Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Yes. So One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in 76 with Jack Nicholson. Network in 77. In 79, Coming Home with Jane Fonda and John Voight. Then 80- John Vaught. In 1982, <laughs> on Golden Pond with Catherine Hepburn and Henry Fonda, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Jane Fonda won Best Actress in 79. Her dad, Henry Fonda, won Best Actor in Collusion. 1982. Collusion! It's kind of weird. Everyone, dude, all the Oscars are rigged. And also, Catherine Hepburn, this is another thing that I came across that I was like, Jesus Christ. Catherine Hepburn won Best Actress in 1982 for this movie. She won Best Actress four times. No one's won it as many times. That one was in 1982. The first one she won was in 1936. Wow. Are you fucking kidding me? And then she won twice in the 60s. Back to back, I think. Back to back. 30s, 60s, 82. Damn. It's, it's It's all rigged, Greg. That's kind of fucked up. Let's dive back into the 90s. Yes. So, and then Jodie Foster and, and Anthony Hopkins won in 92. And then Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson did it in 1998, which I thought was weird because Jack Nicholson, twice he did it. Mm-hmm. He only won it twice, but twice when he won it, the lady in the movie with him also won it. I thought that was. And Leonardo DiCaprio's only won once. That movie sucked, too. I like Damn. Leo. I like Leo in a bunch of stuff. He should have won did a you, million times did, over. You didn't see that shitbag movie. No, I didn't see that shitbag movie. Dude, it sucked so hard. Like, fine, you got fucked by a bear, you win. You got fucked by a bear. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, so, that movie won for Best Picture. JFK came out that year. Mm-hmm. That was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. How does that one end? How does that one end? With... It was very unsatisfying. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because the movie <laughs> is about the dis- district attorney in Louisiana trying to bring a trial against a conspiracy. And it's crazy because he tries to bring the conspiracy to trial. He oh. just wants the facts. There's to get no out one there. to sit in the stands. There's no Dave. one to sit in the stands. We can't. This, this whole thing is stupid. He's just, but he just wants the evidence out in the public. And I right. think it did put a lot of evidence out in the public. And that was what Oliver Stone. That is actually to. the time and the place where the term conspiracy theory was coined. Mm. It was right after the JFK uh, assassination, and because so many people thought that. It was uh, something done by the government. The government and everyone else started coining, like the people that wanted to push it and smush it down, coined the term conspiracy theory to trivialize it. And to you it's, fucking it's just crackpots. A, it's just a conspiracy theory. It's supposed to be like a, a branding of like bullshit. Right. And so that's and that was actually at the time. Which they're saying about chemtrails right now, but we know for sure chemtrails are real. If Prince knew anything before he died of fentanyl, it's that. Chemtrails Don't are, take much, too much fentanyl. You can't take too much fentanyl. Is what do you can't do? take too little. Dude, you can't take any fentanyl. Jesus Christ, that shit'll melt your eyeballs. I enjoyed JFK. That was a good movie. Two shows that came to us from 1999, 1991. Home Improvement started. Oh, <gasps> yeah, it went until '99. It was an okay show, but fuck that show. <laughs> but so now this is an interesting thing for me. Another show. Started in 1991. This is an iconic type of show, and this is how I want to tell you. This, uh, so wait, it's slightly related. Home to- Improvement wasn't iconic. Eh, I don't know. It was big, but I wouldn't say iconic. This really? show is iconic. Okay. This fucking show is iconic. Are you sure that? Are you sure this show started in 91 and not 92? Yep. All right. Go ahead. Um. Go ahead. This is how I want to relate it to you. The first guy to throw... This is a football relation. The first guy ever to throw for 5,000 yards. It was a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Only one guy did it for forever. For a really long time. Dan Marino. 1984. Threw from 5,000 yards. Football. It was a record. He threw for 5,084 oh, okay. yards total, in total. one season. Over okay. 16 games. Right. Okay. Which is an average of over 300 yards a game. Nobody was doing anything near that. He's a so lot he, of throwing. A lot of throwing. Doing his job really well. The next guy to throw for over 5,000 yards wouldn't do it until like... 2010 or something. It was like right. fucking 30 years almost. Now give me the tie back. 5,084 yards. This iconic show that started in 91 is over now. It ended last year. And they have did 5,084 episodes. Only last year? Only last year. July 28th it ended. Was it 2020? No. Dateline. No. Think dirtier. Think chairs. Law order. Think chairs being thrown. Think you fucking... Jerry sucked. Springer? Jerry Springer. Holy cock Started in 1991. They did 5,084 episodes of Jerry Springer. Thank you, 1991, for bringing that fucking shit show to us. 5,084 fucking times. You know, Jerry Springer is a... Sarasota resident. Sarasota resident. Unlike Randy Savage. That's bullshit! <laughs> Randy Savage is not a Sarasota David. And we got to get Jerry Springer on our show, is what we need to do. Got to get him on. What else we got? I Now I want to just run through some things that happened in 1991. What are some things that happened besides, obviously, me being born? Well, we talked um, last week about the Iraq invading Kuwait at the end of 1990. Mm-hmm. We That started to happen and, and bring the U.S. into it. January 12th, 91... Congress authorized the use of military force. So we went Operation to... Desert Plow. There you go. 
we went into Iraq. Uh, that was on January 12th. And this Not war... On this war was declared a victory for us on February 27th, 46 days. Mm -hmm. But, you know, very sad, Like actually, two days before that, I believe, on the 25th of February, they did fire a Scud missile, Iraqis, fired a Scud missile at an American base, and it killed 29 guys and wounded 99 others. False flag event, Greg. False flag event? That was actually a U.S. military missile that they fired at themselves to make it look like the Iraqis did it. <laughs> It was the first of many false flag events. It, they well, they said it was the worst um, casualties in the war for our side. So I mean, that is sad. And we weren't even fighting yet. We, we <laughs> <laughs> um, f but before that happened, but in 1991 on February 5th, Doctor Kavorkian, you remember what he was famous for? Uh, was it like he was a veterinarian, right? In a sense, <laughs> he wanted to bring horse medicine to humans. He he was the guy that wanted to. Help people assist in suicides if they had like a fatal disease or whatever. Yes. He was barred from doing that in Michigan, and that was a huge deal. Then that he became like a talking point in the country, and he started moving around trying to find spots he could do it. Or, you know, prior pre YouTube, he was kind of going, I, you know, this is how I would do it. I can't legally do it, but let's just say you had, you have a pen and paper. You yeah, know, you got a trash bag. You got. Big enough for your head to fit in? All right, we're, we're, we're going to be cooking, baby. <laughs> Here's a huge happening in 1991. March 3rd. Someone catches on video the LAPD beating the fuck out of a motorist. Mm. Rodney motherfucking Rodney King! Rodney motherfucking King. So that's... Just remember that date. March 3rd, 1991. Uh, later, the, the April Fool's Day of 1991... Comedy Central is launched. Wow. They launched on April Fool's Day? April Fool's Day, 1991. Good for them. In Some would say in, in retaliation to the LAP's right. brutal beating of Rodney Jeez. King. And what was their flagship show? Comedy Central? Dude, they were just like 22 hours a day of just stand-up, stand-up, stand what it was stand called. Up, and yeah. they just did, it was like MTV with stand-up with stand -up clips. It was a fucking awesome It was thing. fucking awesome, man. G another thing that's awesome, in a sense... July 22nd, 1991, Jeffrey Dahmer is apprehended in Milwaukee. Remains of 11 men and boys were found in his home. Mm -hmm. I actually remember during the time that you were doing the Growler show, when I was constantly just trying to find shit, I had this little segment in my head of like, oops, or like, blunders, and one of them was, Michael Jordan was not drafted first, whatever the fuck year it was, so I was just ragging on the two guys that were drafted before him, who clearly were not Michael Jordan, and the other oops was... Jeffrey Dahmer was almost arrested, like, I don't know, six months before this. Mm -hmm. uh, a drugged, mostly naked, Asian underage kid ran out of the apartment, ran out of the building, into the street, right into the arms of two cops. Jeffrey Dahmer came out and sweet-talked to me. He said, it's my boyfriend. He just had a little too much to drink. You, you know how it is. And they went, as soon as he said they were gay, the cops were like, whoa, whoa. Get just the fuck out of here. Get back in there before I arrest you. Yeah, and then he fucking <laughs> ate the fucking dude and killed him. So, wow. oops. Most unlucky... Awkward! A most unlucky Asian boy in the entire fucking world. Yes. Uh, August oh. August 6th. Jesus, man. Bring me up. Come Tim Berners-Lee... This is a big up. Tim Berners-Lee creates the first website ever. The first website? First website I've ever. I've done it! It's info 
dot c e r n dot c h c e r oh because CERN was like one of the first inventors of you know who CERN is right no CERN created the Large Hadron Collider where they mashed together so it's like one of the biggest machines in the world that I know what the colliders are I get that the collider well CERN made the collider and it's a big uh, CERN is a big scientific like campus. Okay. And they created, they were one of the first people using the internet to, or a, a internet in like a really small scale to communicate with each other on campus. And then their idea was to eventually have it so all scientists can instantly transmit information to each other. Kind so of like, this a, is like a worldwide. Like yeah. a worldwide, and it would almost be in the shape of like a spider if, thing. If you go look at it, that the website is up now is like a little museum type of thing. You know, but yeah, minimal. that's Dot CERN. That's obviously, be, uh, it was probably based out of CERN, and he was the first creator of like, a, you know, a hub. Yeah. A place for people to go, yeah. So info.cern.ch, and it um, they, they use W3 as the term. Like, that was the initial branding instead of WWW, which I get it. That sounds a lot longer. But W3? Come on, man. It's WWW. You know what's funny? is just saying World Wide Web is faster than saying WWW. The reason you you make an anagram for something or that you make a word like... To shorten it. To shorten it. But W... or World Wide Web. You couldn't get any slower with it than WWW. It's got the complete opposite effect. My favorite time to hear the pacing, too, is when you listen to, like, NPR... You can, when they run through like a list of, of their, sp- brought to you by the Isaiah Cooper and Marjorie Johnson Foundation. Come visit their work at www.isaiahcooper.com. <laughs> they'll have to do like three of them. It's like, that's oh, fucking awesome. Jesus, you're killing me. October 28th, the perfect storm, which we've talked about on the show before, hit the Northeast and Canada, causing $200 million worth of damage and killing George Clooney. Jesus. 11-7-1991. That is 28 years ago. Magic Johnson made an announcement. The famous HIV positive. That's right. Last week, he made another announcement. May 18th, 2019. I'm completely cured. I'm stepping down as the president of the LA Lakers. That was his announcement last week. Really? Well, it was like two weeks ago. Damn. So, I mean, I think he's doing okay, though, 28 years after being HIV positive. Because that same year, on November 24th, now, this is not something to be laughing at. You have a smile. This is bad news. This is this is sad. Um, is it as sad as the Jeffrey Dahmer Asian boy? You be the judge. Freddie Mercury dies from AIDS. Oh, jeez. But I'm just saying, you know, they... You know, How is it that uh, Magic Johnson lived and Freddie Mercury didn't? Because black lives matter, Isaiah. Okay? And that's... More than Indian. More than lives. fucking gay British guys. That's for goddamn sure. Wasn't he born in India? Was he? I thought that. I thought I don't. I didn't watch. What the would movie. make you think that? I didn't watch the movie. He's dead. What? What I watch, What made me think it? Was He's the dead mo- now. Was a preview or the something for them from the movie? It was like some. It was like some some uh, preview kind of thing where they were talking about the the movie that just came out recently. Yeah. And they were like talking about he was born in India. Maybe he. W- I'd be wicked surprised. But you know what? There is like a British India thing where there's like yeah. people that. So maybe he was. But there's a lot of Indians that you'll find have like... Yeah, you know what? Really have you like know really what? He was born in India. His dad had like a uh, like a diplomat job or some shit. He was born in India. And I, if you didn't say that, I wouldn't have thought of it. But yeah, and I haven't seen the movie yet either. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah. But the guy who played him, what was his name? He's like a big to-do now. I have no idea. He's a big to-do now because mm-hmm. he did that. And he was talking about... Yeah, he, he was born in India. 
But like British Indian. Shit, man. 91. 91. A lot of things happening. A lot of things. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Squeaky Brakes Limited. Here at Squeaky Brakes Limited, we fix squeaky brakes and squeaky brakes just. Oil change? Take that shit to someone else. Brake squeaking? We've got you covered. Our two professionals will analyze the problem, pinpoint the squeak, and apply anti-squeak to de-squeak your wheels. Cars, bikes, tractors, if the wheels are a-squeaking, we are a-fixin'. What about a top-off on your wiper fluid? That's not a squeaky brake, stupid! Here at Squeaky Brakes Limited, we fix squeaky brakes and Squeaky Brakes Just, the only trusted brand in Squeaky Brakes. Jeff at Only Squeaky Brakes had an affair with my wife. Tires a little flat, not our problem. At Squeaky Brakes Limited, we fix Squeaky Brakes and Squeaky Brakes Just. Come on down today. Hot off the press, fire hot. News, Greg. News so hot it'll burn your whatever it is. Whatever it is, Greg. Five-year-old boy brings crack cocaine to preschool. Jesus Christ. What's the world coming to, man? That's not good, man. Yeah, at least wait until you're in elementary school. Fifth grade. Fifth, Fifth grade. grade. Yeah. I didn't get I didn't get to use if you sneeze one more time, oh, this whole God. podcast is done! He sneezed. sneeze, I can hold it so completely that my was, skull, like, it I saw it. spans for a second. I did see it was like a cartoon. I hear like a bone in the fucking near my ear just crunches for a second. Just for a second. You should call Ripley. I should get some crack is what I should do. To you should get some leave. crack to fix that thing. Philadelphia police are investigating after a five-year-old boy brought about two dozen vials of crack cocaine into preschool at a Roman Catholic church. So this is in Philly. And they're like, hey kid, where'd you get this crack from? Hey, I'm selling it, motherfucker. To my friends. <laughs> Police say the boy told teachers aid at St. Cyprian uh, Children's Center that the person who handed him the bag told him to hide it. So just some person was like, here, motherfucker. Oh yeah, right. Hide this bag. I'm sure. Yeah? Oh, really? So someone just gave it to a kid? Well, how did a kid get it? His parents are fucking crackheads. But he wouldn't I wouldn't even go in and question him. him. I would just open, kick the door open and just blast everyone. Are the parents? The Archdiocese of Philadelphia tells WTXF-TV that the teacher's aide took the bag. Uh, hey, let me see that. Uh, let me see that real quick. I'm just going to let me just see that real quick. Let me see that bag. Can, I, uh, can I see the bag right there? Yeah, just, just, yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, that yeah. Can I see it? <laughs> let me have that bag. Which she suspected held drugs. Yeah, I thought it had drugs in it. I mean, it looked like... A, I mean, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't I know. I can smell crack from 20 I, feet. Yeah, I was Especially that, that type of crack. That's good crack. Really good crack. My five... That five-year-old has great crack. <laughs> Informed an administrator and then called 911. I thought you said there was 20 vials here. There's only 15. 12 to 14. 12, 14 whatever, whatever. Whatever I said. I just looked at it. I just glanced. I just took a glance. I didn't know. <laughs> She's all cracked up. I could have said anything. I don't know. We're all fucking crazy. We're all fucking crazy. This is a preschool. Ha 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 ha. No other children came in contact with the drug and no one was harmed. No arrests have been made. You arrest that fucking five-year-old for pushing crack. Try that fucking kid as an adult as a fucking lesson to other baby crack dealers. That's right. Nip it in the bud. The baby bud. All right. You're getting off with a warning this time, kid. Who? They're not even going to ask. Who gave you the crack? 
Ah, fuck it. We don't care who. A likely story. They just gave it to you. No, they just gave it to you. They don't <laughs> give crack around this neighborhood. Fuck, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's a good story there. Baby. I got a story, a totally different end of the spectrum. This is the opposite of a murderer. This is the opposite of a murderer. Yes. What are you talking about? We were Ro- just talking about crack. Robert Smith. This is a big story, but I, I'm actually interested in the guy's story behind it. We've all heard this by now, probably. Robert Smith pledged when doing the commencement speech at Morehouse University. Who's Robert Smith? He Somebody's uncle? the richest African-American in America at present, worth like five bill. Richer than... Will, yes. Then Bill Clinton? Almost. I don't think Bill Clinton's that rich, is he? I don't know. He's pretty well well off, but I don't think billionaire. But you know what? Maybe he is. What about Oprah Winfrey? Yeah, she's pretty rich too, but she's not as rich as this guy. Although, maybe it's African-American man. Mm. I don't know all that much about the exact level of everything. But right. he's worth five bill. Five he bill. gives a commencement speech. And during the speech, no one knew, not even the administration, he said... Because I'm so excited about this class of 2019 at Morehouse, it's a, what they call a historically black college, mm-hmm. and it's all men. Mm-hmm. So you, I don't know how many guys, a couple hundred guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, because I feel so strongly about the future of this class, I am paying everyone's student loans off right now. 40 mil. 40 million. How fucking awesome was that? They started chin MVP. Of course. He said he hopes they pay it forward. Right. And now I'm going to show up 10 years later, motherfucker. If you're major of a goddamn Walmart. <laughs> I mean, let's just face it. Statistics show not all those guys are going to go on to do great things. Mm-hmm. I mean, your student loans are more of a hassle than anything else, especially right. if you are doing something with your degree. So, yeah. But um, now they're talking about, is he going to have to pay taxes and all that? He doesn't give a fuck. They're, they're, is he going to have to pay taxes? You know, he'll write it off as a gift. Um... You know, I don't know, though. I, there are limits. You may have to pay some taxes. Oh, but I, I think it'll bounce out in, in some way, wouldn't it? Well, it, on top of the net $40 million he's losing by paying their student loans, mm-hmm. he's probably there's probably a little bit more money he's going to lose. Otherwise, people just give their money away all the, give their money away all the time. Don't, don't the people give my Cadillac right. dealer $19,000. And he's just going to give and me he, a Cadillac. And, and he, I just borrow his Cadillac indefinitely. <laughs> There's nothing that says you can't borrow a Although Cadillac. Although probably has all kinds of shit like that. Donald Trump probably never bought a fucking thing in his life. It's all these fucking... You go back and if there's a lawyer in something that had to argue going, this is a statue from 1795. It's called the such and such. He traded it for farming. He hasn't done the farming yet, but there's clear intent for farming. This Cadillac should be tax-free. And they're just like, whatever. We ah, get the fuck out of here. Fucking prick. We have so, other... so this guy, Robert Smith, is interesting to me, though, because... Five billion dollars. He started at a couple of different companies that we've heard of, and now like what? Test me. Um, he went to college at Cornell, studied chemical engineering, took a job at Kraft General Foods. I believe you've heard of that. They make a little macaroni and cheese. Took a job side. there, but what companies did he own? Well, hold on. Um, he got a master's degree in business administration from Columbia. Then he worked at Goldman Sachs. Uh, where he advised companies like Apple, Hewlett-Packard, and Microsoft. Then, he, the company that he's with now, he's not the sole owner of. It is called Vista Equity Partners, a private equity firm that focuses on buying and selling software firms. Mm-hmm. They have about $46 billion in assets under management. That's Pretty good size. 
It's not crazy. I mean, in five billion of it is in his fucking pocket. Yeah. Well, forty six billion. Hey, they just take a little money from here and put a little money there, and that money grows over here. And I'm in the mo- business of money. He's got he's got some interesting practices. You know, he's obviously a very successful guy. Um, he's married to. This was interesting to me. He's married to. These are the things that caught my eye. Married to Mrs. Oh, Doubtfire. No, no. That's a long, long time ago. They broke up a long time ago. He married Hope Dvorachak, a Playboy Playmate of the Year from 2009. But then and she got too old and used, so he got a new one. That's probably on the way, because they're still together, and they have two kids. Hendrix, his name is Robert Smith. Mm-hmm. So his two kids, you ready? I love it when people do this. Hendrix Robert Smith, and his younger kid's name is Legend Robert Smith. Mm-hmm. He likes that one the best. I just think that's very interesting. But you know I what? Love that this guy did that. Is he he went out there and he said, "I'm gonna take care of all of your tuition. I'm paying for all your college." And he actually had the finances to back it. Unlike Michael Scott, who said, "I'm gonna pay for all your colleges," <laughs> and he just said it because it was gonna happen, and he just forgot about it for ten years and was like, "Ah, fuck it. What's what's, what's gonna work?" And then they invite him back to school. They're like. You're the best person ever. Yeah. You're going to pay for all our... He's the opposite of Michael Scott. He, he's he's he backing it up. It. He actually did it. Michael Scott said he was going to do it, had no intention. This guy never said it. Typical honky. Bam. And just fucking paid for it. Interesting thing I came across in this too. If you go to Wikipedia to look up Robert Smith, mm-hmm. it is a very common name. Holy shit. Just oh, yeah? the people that have Wikipedia entries, it goes from... So there's sections of it. That's how big it is. There's... Arts and Entertainment, which had subsections like actors, literature, media, music, military, politics, by country, every sport under the sun. Yeah, it's like Mohammed Jamamid, man. When it's you like a hear, common name. When you hear the name Robert Smith, besides the guy that we just talked about, is there anyone famous that comes to mind? Not a person. The one that comes to mind for me, there's a guy that played running back for the Vikings. Like if, I, if you had to ask me, hey Isaiah, if, uh, where would Greg have heard the name Robert Smith? I'd be, I don't know, some sports team? Yeah. That's what I would say. A lot of dudes have played American football, cricket, Australian rules football, baseball. You know numbers. Names. What is VII? Seven. King Edward VII's bizarre <laughs> sex chair has confused everyone. Don't you just love those clickbaits? Like, the only thing they could do to make it even more clickbaity out of this, after this, would say, and scientists don't know how. I was going to say the one th- that we were going to say, and we'll tell you this one simple trick to get his sex chair. And, and scientists don't know how. <laughs> it's confusing everybody. The King Louis sex chair found. Lose five pounds with this simple trick. Like, no matter what. They're and always... baffle scientists. <laughs> uh, so... The King, King Louis, or, uh, was that what it was? King Louis the Seventh. King Edward. The V-I-I. I, I do. I, I, yes. Uh, King Edward? Or yes, King, King, King Edward. King Edward the Seventh. Now, you don't sound sure about that. I am reading it. Despite right reading now. it, I still feel like you're not sure. Proceed. For now. Uh, however, it was, so he was in the Victorian age, right? The Brits were publicly quite prudish so to satiate uh so this was um let's say beginning we should say prince edward was queen victoria's eldest son and the prince of wales he later became king edward the seventh and is the current queen's great grandfather okay so that's who he is old birdie we're talking 1700s 
Um, no, I don't think that was like eighteen. What, what was Victorian? Victorian era was yeah, definitely like early eighteen hundreds. Early, okay. Because you're talking how many generations back? She's like what, hundred and twenty? She is um, really old. Yeah, I know. It's how they just like got puppetry hanging, holding. Her she's up. not a hundred though. She's in her. I think she's in her nineties, but it's crazy how much they got her doing at ninety. She's just like go go go, lady. It's it's nuts. Um, old birdie, you really work up about her workload. Is that is that something that keeps you up at night? It's fucking crazy. Just like dude, uh, Trump's workload. Like in, it was he face over there. Wave. I will fucking restrain you. Turn to the right. Wave. Dude, it's sit like, down and eat your yeah, fucking pudding. Exactly. Get on the fucking plane. Get on the fucking plane. You will take a nap, or you will go you to will bed, go to, or I will put you. In. You will go to sleep, or I will put you to sleep. <laughs> Can I have a warm glass of milk? That would be a great show. Ben Stiller as her fucking handler. As the handler. You go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. I give you a nice warm glass to shut the hell up. <laughs> Old Birdie, as he was known, loved two things in life. Can you guess them? Sex chairs and being penetrated by said sex chair. He was no homosexual. Eating and the ladies. However, given it was the Victorian age, like I said, given it was the Victorian age, uh, he had prudish to satiate his lady lust. He would pop across the channel to Paris, where he was very, very regular patron of the most expensive, luxurious brothel, the La Chabanos. Ooh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Which I think means the loose lady. The loose lady. I don't know what it means. His nicknames were. Ready? Dirty Birdie. Dirty Birdie. Isn't that great? And Edward the Caresser. I, I'm down with Dirty Birdie's a little better. Yeah, Edward the Caresser is not fucking very stupid. intimidating. Wow. Uh, his favorite mistress in London was Alice Keppel. I love how they know that. Like he couldn't keep it secret. Because she probably went around town, I fucked the king! The king fucks me! Or maybe he just had a notebook and wrote her name like All 900 the time. times. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Who just happens to be Camilla, Duchess of Cornwall's great-great-grandmother? Isn't that interesting? That's super interesting. Isn't it? I know. I know all of this. So, uh, Camilla, I know from People magazine covers every fucking four years. Uh, she's not doing tell you something. What's Camilla? Thing about her. I know Fergie is the redhead. Diane is the one that got killed by the paparazzi chasing her. Uh, car she got her neck, neck broke in a... Yeah, in a car chain. That's so crazy. Uh, wear your seatbelt, kids. Over time, his penchant for pigeon pies, vast puddings, and claret by the liter meant that, it, uh, that in his later years he was something of a more round gentleman. And uh, the lovemaking was a wee bit difficult. So, uh, enter the chair. It's called the Siege d'Amois. It actually has a fucking name, and it's love seat. Just a love seat. Sweet. Uh, but dude, you, I have one of those in my living room. Now I, I'll, I'll I'll tweet this and I'll put it up on uh, you know our thing. But it's this is the replica of the the chair. Of like doesn't a, look too. I mean, it looks ornate, but doesn't look particularly. It is ornate. So let's get a different angle of it. You can see this lady standing. She's got it's got a platform, and uh, this lady's got her feet in like these little holsters, foot holsters. Right, and then there's like a, a table, almost looks like a, a gyna gynecologist table, right? But then there's these two handles that come up uh, on either side of that table. So if he's standing there with his crotch facing the table, he can reach up right out in front of him and grab these handles and really 
lay in lay into it. There's uh, nothing too sinister, though. I mean, shit. There's like grabbing mean, the bed. I mean, where's your sex chair? Well, I mean, it's just a chair. If you have sex on any chair, it becomes a sex chair. But it was built for sex. It's not just a chair. This was built for. Oh, I see. Because it's got it. like a little indent. Every, every for the yeah, and the parts to be. Uh, and uh, you know where he can hold it here. Now the the fascinating part is there's room for two people. So there was supposed to be one that would lay down underneath and one on top. And uh, if we can go to... Where the fuck would she lay down underneath? We'll see. I'll look. I'll show you some diagrams here. Dirty Birdie, the oh. love chair of Edward. This is the actual thing. Oh, so interesting. Would... So that looks different because there's two pads in that picture. What do you mean? There's an upper and a bottom pad. The other one they were looking at, this is yeah, like Yeah, there was just a replica. Yeah. The... No, no, that was all there in the other one. It was? Yeah, it was up on a platform. Show yes. me. See, it's all up on a platform. But that, it, that part is just not raised up. But it is all one giant piece. Well, I don't, you're not gonna be able to fuck two different people laying on those things. I can tell you that. I know he. It's so. They, and then they drew little stick figures. Now, <laughs> this is very <laughs> difficult. So he's got one here, and he's like pointing. He's like, I can go either way. Uh, but yeah, man, it was just you know the 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 positions abound. But for the most part, they put a little Hot Wheels on there. But for the most part, it was for to have threesomes mostly this What's is, this you gotta tell people, people what this website is because this is funny people have done like stick figure sex art this is this website is whores of your whores of your whores of your dot com is where this article comes from and it's the dirty birdie the love chair of edward the seventh like i said i will post this up on our social media and stuff so if you go to uh twitter uh follow us everywhere at road soda podcast at road soda podcast i'll put it on our um I'll also post it up on our thing. I can actually put links in our bio for each episode, too. You can put links to this kind of stuff. So I will definitely do that. Let me see. Maybe. Would it be possible for them to somehow link your voice to their Siri so you could just kind of issue commands and they could be watching what you're Siri! Siri! Siri, open Dirty Birdie! What if we just start yelling that? Do you think if so anyone playing that and they're playing us in our car, if I start saying, Siri, open... Pornhub.com now. <laughs> oh, fuck. Hold on. That's my oh, phone. shit. <laughs> Hold on real quick. <laughs> so, yeah, please uh, check out the, the Dirty Birdie. Follow us everywhere, and we'll I'm going to put it in the bio. So I highly recommend go. checking out the Dirty Birdie just for the cool little stick figure graphics illustrating. So you can see how he uses how the awesome fucking chair. might be arranged. It's a good chair. Monthly Box. Boy, do we have the box for you. Here at Monthly Box, we have a box for everything. Forbes Magazine said the Monthly Box Club business is estimated to go over $5 billion this year. Get in off the sidelines. We don't care if you're tall, short, fat, or Jewish. We have a box for you. Tell us what you are into and get a monthly box. There's something for everyone. Monthly Drug Box, Cat Box, Car Box, Alabama Hot Box, The Rock Box. This contains items curated for you by Dwayne Johnson himself. Crayon Box, Wet Box, Dry Box, Your Mom's Box. The Hipster Box, aka The Raw Organic Cube. Wet Socks Box, Dirty Sanchez Box, Smallpox Box. Found Porn Box, like when you were a kid but you don't have to scavenge the woods. Alcoholics box, sandbox, cereal box. And for those those who can't decide, the indecisiveness box. So log on today to monthlybox.com and get a box sent to you.
Millennial Book Club. Millennial Book Club. Morgan's Bible Church. This is it, Greg. The Millennial Book Club segment. The MBC, where we just fucking watch a Netflix original. We tell you the assignment, you watch it, you come back next week, and we discuss it. We spoil the shit out of it. If there's anything to spoil, the first thing out of our mouths is the twist, or whatever the fuck happens. Uh, this week, you guys were to watch, I think you should leave, created from the, the, mind, the mind barf of Tim Robbins. Robinson. Robinson. Tim Robinson. Not to be confused with the guy on our Instagram... That you put Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins is married to Susan Sarandon. Ah, well, fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> Nobody Tim... would confuse Tim Robbins with Tim Robinson. So yeah, not a soul. Just no, no, no right person would ever do that. So I think you should leave. Is a sketch show, six eps, and they were short. Yeah, they were. They were. Uh, the nice, like, 16, 15, 18, none of them even reached or breached the 20-minute part. Uh, three, mark. four, three or four skits, maybe a fifth skit tops. Mm -hmm. Bam. Like you mentioned several times, which is totally true, and this stuck with that trope. The cold open thing, it has to start. Yeah, there isn't a sketch comedy show on the face of the planet that doesn't, ha that doesn't start with a cold open. I think he did a good job, though, of having that nameless, faceless little... Theme music come on, and his and the opens were super short. I don't mm -hmm. think any of them were more than like ten. Some seconds. some of them were really short, but other ones were longer. Like one of them was the the magic guy that was really long, or the first one where he's like opening that door. That one was longer, like a minute or two. Some of them were longer. Oh, you're right. You're right. And yeah. some of them were like little bangers, like a guy banging on the outside of a of the glass, being like, "Where's my treasure chest?" It doesn't even really make sense. It's yeah, you're just right. You know, some of them were longer. The door one was definitely longer. Yeah. But it's it all over the map. It's a nice little. It's a nice little thing, though. To just you hear the skit, it ends. All of the skits ended, kind of where they should have, not like wrapped up with some. Nah. I don't know. There was no other agenda other than this is the idea. I thought this would be funny. What do you guys think about this? Right. There was no polish. They were fucked up. His acting is super shitty, which adds to the comedy because he looks like Tim Robinson looks like. A guy that would be in a NyQuil commercial. Not the guy that got the comfort and the security. He was, the... He was very Paul Rubens. Yeah, maybe a cross between Paul Rubens and like... I really feel like he's got the look of a commercial actor in a jokey... Like a Bud Light commercial. Yeah. He totally could have done a run of Bud Light commercials. Yeah, oh for sure. The new face of Bud Light. Yeah, he's very But he, if awkward. he wasn't so Jewy. Because they can have a super Jewish guy be in the face of Bud Light. Right. Now you just shave that fucking yeah. You shave that nose down and uh, pack a couple on. Yeah, dude. There was parts where he was the way like when he was talking and and acting and like doing his thing and like screaming and just all his movements and everything. I was like, this is very Pee Wee Herman. Like very like there was a one part where he was standing at the table and like the way he was like cocking his body to the side and just like his mouth and face movement and everything. I was like, that's like really Pee <laughs> like Pee Wee Herman and like. I was I agree with you, and I think what I was thinking during some of those things was he's got his own direction. Oh, for so like sure. the skid is doing a thing, mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm just gonna be weird, not to add to it, but just 
That's what that's I'm doing. That's the whole. Well, that's the reason the skit is even existing. Because otherwise, it's just a normal situation. Like right. every single one of those is a normal situation, and then it's like, it's every one of them is playing on that. Everyone has these thoughts. What if you acted on those thoughts and pushed them to the one hundredth degree? Like everyone's been in a group where you're looking up YouTube videos and you're sitting there thinking like, "Fuck, I, I know a funny one. I can think of. A, oh, have you seen this one?" But like, what if you really can't? What's the worst that can happen? You really can't think of one. And then, like, how do you... What's the worst way you can solve the problem? Like, because you can't solve... It's a comedy thing. You can't actually solve... What's the worst way you could solve that problem? You go home that night, you make the fucking worst thing, and then you try to act like you just found it. Like, you just found it. That is every... Like, the formula of every single one of those I love sketches. how in that particular one, he shows, he showcases how you normally would deal with that and then mm -hmm. the extreme way. Because he's sitting there like, Hey, Tim, don't you have one? He's like... Oh, uh, I, I have one. Yeah, I have. Someone's like, if you don't have one, I know I have. I have one. It's hilarious. I just and then he like he's like I can't even remember how to search it. How to search? He's like how to. And then as soon as they're like, as it. soon as the ball starts rolling, they're like, okay, well we'll do this one. He's like, yeah, so so funny. Like just trying so hard to like blend and then it, back into the. <laughs> and then it shows him watching it, and he's crying. Which again is a like tear. All, a yeah. tear comes down. Yeah. Which is all emotions and feelings that like people have. But you don't see them. They're not, they don't actually come out. It's all like internal things that happen. Like, and, and what's your worst nightmare if that shit got out in the real world? Like, what if you were sitting at a party and you give a, gave someone a gift that you knew was dog shit, but you wanted to try to make them like, like it more than it actually is? Because everyone's done that. Everyone's bought some dog shit gift and you're like, oh, they're going to hate this. But in the back of your mind, you're still like, maybe they'll like it. And then... Maybe I'll convince them to fucking like well, it. Well, they say, no, no, I love it. And then you're like, they don't fucking, they don't fucking it. like it. You could tell. But he's like, if you can give me the receipt back. Give me the gift receipt back. Yeah. You don't need it. And the guy, if you don't, if you like the gift, give me the receipt back. It's really easy. <laughs> and then it's just, and then it just starts twisting down these like paths. It's like, what, like, only someone as sick fucking twisted as this guy would then start like, Pulling it down, like so. Now we're going in this way where he's eating the gift receipt, but then all of a sudden, out of left field, he's like, "There was mud pie on the gift receipt, and my stomach hurts now." No, like, Dude, he how says, the "Fuck!" Immediately, he's like, "I feel sick because this guy didn't use enough toilet paper, took a shit." Well, he says mud pie. That's like, yeah. made a mud pie. It's on his hands, and now it's in my belly, and I'm I'm sick. And then two minutes later, they're like, "Well, this is how we can prove it." Right. Another receipt he doesn't touch. This lady will eat it. And then when she doesn't get sick, that's it. We're all leaving. This place is covered with shit. <laughs> she eats it. And she's like... And then... Uh, like, counts to two. Right. I feel fine. I feel fine. Yeah, it is... It's, it, you can... I love that he had all his cameos and everything. And, of course, everyone's thinking... There's a pacing. And there is a strangeness to them that is obviously very reminiscent of Tim and Eric, right? And then it yeah. wasn't until all of a sudden you get into like the fourth episode, I believe, where Tim Heidecker is actually in it. And which who did Tim Heidecker play? He was the fucking like hipster guy that was like, uh, I'll just eat my walnuts. Uh, you got a nutcracker? Uh, yeah, I think I got one up in the attic. I shouldn't take you to oh, the boyfriend that comes to the <laughs> <laughs> What was this name of that That's soup? Right. What was the name of the soup that the he wanted? The gazpacho. The gazpacho. I burned my mouth on the gazpacho. 
Dude, that is yeah. And then finally, he's in it, which is which is wonderful because you know that Tim Robbins, Robinson, Robinson is and Tim Hideck, Tim Hideck. Oh, 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 <laughs> is obviously like very inspired by them, and I love that that he brings them on and uh, or brings Tim on to kind of have him in as like a not not like a homage, but just saying like. You know, this is obviously your jam and everything, your your style of sketch comedy. And it is, it was really, I guess you said he was a writer for um, SNL. SNL. So. He had some good cameos. He had some good SNL cameos. Will Forte was on one. Did you see his one? Yes. He was the airline passenger guy. Mm-hmm. Cecily Tyson played the wife in the magician one. Oh, is that who that was? Yes. She's a uh, not Cicely Tyson. Jesus Christ, Cicely Strong, she who's currently on Saturday Night Live. She's kind of the hot Middle Easterny looking woman, and then Vanessa Bear also was on Saturday Night Live. She was in the skit in the beginning where they were all trying to do their cute little texts, mm-hmm. like "Look at us, couple of dummies at dinner." I tagged you guys, and the other girl's like, "Look at us, we're in what are idiots?" And the other girl does this fucking, we're, we're stupid fucking bags of shit, and they're like, "Whoa." Mm-hmm. And she's like, I did the same. That was Vanessa Bear. She was on Saturday Live also. Is on. Okay. And there was a couple... Who was the other big cameo where I was like, oh, that's really cool. I know Tim Heidecker was one, but there was one... Oh, his wife in the airline one. I don't necessarily... I think she might have been on um, Orange is the New Black. She might have been like one of the top right. people on that, but I couldn't quite place it. She might have been someone else, but I feel like she was a big name. I mean, yeah, I, I. It was good the star only people power, I, though, for a guy. You know, he's a writer on Saturday Night Live, so he's. Well, all the all those people love the writers. You know, they're the ones that make them funny. So exactly. They, you know, there's always there's always a really good relationship with writers. I mean, how many writers gone have gone on to do huge things? That's what I wanted to look and see. How long was he on Saturday Night Live? He was probably on for a long time, right? I I wouldn't know. I have no idea. I didn't know he was on Saturday Night Live till you. Mentioned it like I had no, I had no clue. Like I honestly, I wouldn't know that guy from Adam. He could have been standing in line behind me at a fucking McDonald's, and I wouldn't know him. Until I think right. I heard about that. That's what gave me interest in the show. And he's been a writer for six years, which is a pretty good amount of time. But a lot of those people were probably gone that before. Yeah, but maybe he had some other roles. Sometimes they give you ready. Who was the black guy that was in the robot suit and he was also in the baby thing? I didn't. Um... I don't recognize who that guy was. Kind of looks familiar. I feel like he's been in some other sketch comedy he, show or something. He's probably like been in something. I didn't really like... The, so, I was going to say, there's a few that... Only a few. There's 25 or so skits. Mm-hmm. He hit so many times. It was There were so many that at least had some funny in it. And some were wicked funny. I didn't really care for the motorcycle sketch. No? I thought it was fucking pretty stupid. Of course. Oh, it's But it's I, it just didn't shit. have any payoff for me either. They're from space and the dude's like... Wicked into motorcycles, then he gets beamed up into a motorcycle spaceship. Then they all come to he's like, look at this motorcycle. Two motorcycles with a house in the middle for a car. And then they're like all around this baby carriage with four wheels. It was kind of foolish. I, I mean, the whole thing was foolish. That it just didn't have any... absurdly foolish. There was no there was no punchline to it. There was just a bunch of uh, funny lines. And it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it always when there's certain ones like that, I'm always like, man, they just put in a lot of... Some guys wrote it. They hired people to act it. They fucking they rented a bus to fucking pull up. They had they parked this car here. This isn't like I mean it's cheap when it comes to producing things in Hollywood, but it's still like a lot of money went towards that for like it wasn't even like a big punchline. What I always think of with that though is like when you see a 
very attractive person on TV versus someone that's not attractive in a certain like TV type of way, you're like, why would they put that person in this role? There's a million super, like the role wasn't anything specific or like super dramatic. Why do they do that? They just, their vision, like on set there, like that person, because we've met these people before that have like this presence, you're like that fucking broad is super hot. Mm -hmm. But like photographically, photogenically, whatever, you're like, really? I don't know. But then they just have that presence, you know? That like the skit must have had some type of presence and it was funny for them running around and it just doesn't translate. I mean, it was funny though. I, I, it wasn't my favorite one, but while I was watching it, I was, I was still watching it like, man, this is... And I didn't really care for the one with the guy in the suit, the Scrooge thing. It was like the, it was very reminiscent of like Amazon Women of the Moon, one of those popped out shows where there's like a bunch of, it's like a skit movie and they have like a movie of the week as like the frame device for the whole thing. They, so they have this guy in like this robot suit. He's like the personification of uh, uh, Tom Hanks from Toy mm-hmm. Story. What the fuck's that? Woody? No, not not him. Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. He, he was like a Buzz Lightyear, and he's like kills all the aliens. And there's an old dude. This, yeah. It again, it was it just it was just like flight of fancy writing. They're like, all right, uh, just like there was no rewrite or re-edit for that. Whenever they I said. Hope not. Yeah, exactly. He was just like, ah, there's bones, and they use the bones as money now, and then, like, that's, like, the whole thing, and then he just went, all right, ship it. Like, uh, ship it. Ship it, man. Ship it. But the other one that you said the guy was in, the guy that played, the black guy that played the Buzz Lightyear guy, he did the host of the baby baby pageant. Yeah, Yeah, the baby pageant. Dude, that was, that had that level of stupid that was so fucking funny. Like, they're talking about the babies. It's a baby pageant. It was so stupid. They get to the third baby, though, and the baby looks like he's got, like, attitude. He's got, like, a black vest on or some right. shit. And he's like, he's a he's a very aggressive baby. And someone in the crowd's like, fuck, fuck you, baby, whatever. <laughs> whatever his name was. And then the guy comes over and he says, shut him the fuck up. Get him out of here. <laughs> like, immediately. He did it a couple of times, but both times. Get him out. Wicked out. Shut her the fuck up. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, dude, it is... This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Schmittler's Pest Control. Schmittler's Pest Control Company specializes in shrew extermination and are the number one pest control company in the Tri-County area. Hello, I am Randolph Schmittler. The hook-nosed shrew is a foul pest. Our eradication techniques are what people would call thorough. We march through your neighborhood and put marks on doors of households infested with the shrews. Then we gather them all together, isolating them from the other populations. The trick is to break the spirit of the shrew. After that, we put them to work building und tiny little camps. Finally, we come to our final solution. Many people say they have never heard of a shrew infestation, and to that we say, you're welcome. Schmidtler's Pest Control. Call for a consultation today. I there was somewhere online when we were looking, like when we were getting ready to to do this Million Book Club, that said, "Is this the funniest show on Netflix?" Oh yeah, that was an article yeah. that we saw somewhere. It was like, and I don't know if it's like the funniest show, but it's definitely up there as far as the funniest show. It's best sketch comedy show on Netflix. It's yeah. definitely one of the best better things that they've put on Netflix. It hits so many times. It hits so many times. It's so rare for a sketch comedy show to hit so often. It was like there's only a handful of shows you can think of that have done that. 
where it's like sketch after sketch are like are just bangers. Like, holy shit, man. Well, he's only done the one season. If he does a few more, that's mm-hmm. always the time will tell. Is the second yeah. season going to be funny? Because this one snuck up on us. We didn't have great expectations. Mm-hmm. But I think what he did do well was the timing of the shows. Mm-hmm. They just kind of started and ended. They flowed with like three or four sketches. And, you know, when two or three sketches hit mm-hmm. out of four, and then it's just over, and you're like, oh, my God, is there, oh, good, there's another one on. That's what you're like, oh, good, there's another one. And then you get yeah. to the last one, you're like, fuck, man, the whole thing was over. They were like 15, 20 minutes apiece. Yeah, and and what's great is he's got, like, even, like, a, a tie-through with some of the sketches, like, they come back to mm-hmm. There's one that started, and then it ends a little bit later. And I love that because we're not so confined to, like, broadcast television now with... Uh, you gotta have this block of timing, and you gotta have these sponsors and all this kind of stuff. It's almost like they're ter- like podcasting is almost like crossing with television and or like YouTube. Like we watch Netflix now, it's whatever the length is that fits what the fuck you're watching. Like it doesn't have to be a perfect thirty minute thing. It's like, and and each one is a different length, and it just fits right. to the to make it good, not to fit into something. It's not like we have to fit to this. We just made something that was good, and, and dude, it's. I like the the tuggy, the tuggy the uh, TC T- Tuggers. T- 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 Tuggers, man. <laughs> that commercial, that was great. It was a sh- it was a commercial for a shirt that had a little nub on it right by the belly button, you know, for the the hefty the burly boys that are always you know pulling on their shirt trying to pull it out away from there. Pull it out, pull it down. Yeah. Get bunched on there. And there's like a literal stomach. plastic knob in the t-shirt. <laughs> and then it had him like as a school teacher in like this TV show that was sponsored by the TC Tugs. Yeah, and he just spent. That was the funniest part of it was that how ridiculous they did the product placement. Like this, this show was such a shill for the shirt. Mm -hmm. They they have this little conversation between like the guy and the girl that are like the stars of the show, and the principal comes up and he's got the TC Tiger on. He's like, "Hey, do you guys know anything about TC?" I mean, she's like, "Hey, cool shirt," and he's like, "Yeah, it's a TC Tugs." He goes on with this long explanation (laughs) of the shirt, and then he's like. And then they're like, okay. And then they go back and they're just, what, what's going on, Casey? And then he goes, but don't make fun of them. It's, do not wear them, ironically. It is a very serious thing and they are great. It's not like Snuggies. Like, you wouldn't go do a bar crawl in them. It's not <laughs> ironic at all. People really wear these. And then they had the obligatory commercial with like a bunch of middle-aged fat dudes dancing around in their TC Tuggers, like the actual commercial, like in the middle of the show. That uh, was great. Dude, it was... I rank this son of a bitch up on must watch. Yeah, it's gotta definitely. watch it. For the, if you have the certain like frame of uh, if your sense of humor falls into like a, a certain range, you know, like that you would like sketch, you definitely gotta watch this. There's just too many fucking good sketches. I would I would uh, stand to reason if you're listening to this show and you're enjoying your regular listener, I think you're gonna like. I think you're gonna like. Uh, I think you should leave. I think it's an interesting explanation for a show. It's like, what was the explanation? Like, situations that were the person thinking oh, like the, should, should the leave. Yeah. The blurb was I, what, like, It did make me think of it several times. Because if you think about how many of the skits were really, that was like the line. Like, this guy should just leave. Just leave. I Instead love of the, fucking escalating to like the fucking, I love the, smashing the dude into the fucking thing. Uh, the hot dog skit. Where the guy crashes the hot dude, dog. That was, I, I started to think to myself, now, if people haven't watched it, I don't want to ruin every single one, but the hot dog car, I did want to, the hot dog car is like one of my favorites. It, it was. <laughs> you know what? The, my, it was funny. This guy's dressed like a hot dog. 
And, he and he's like, to the guy in the suit. The cops show up. There's a hot dog cart through a glass plate glass window, and he's in a hot dog suit. He's and like, we all, should figure out who it is. We're all trying to figure out who did this. And they're like, you have a, you dress like a hot dog. He goes, that guy's dressed like a hot dog too. The guy had like on like a, a yellow brown suit. <laughs> he had a brown suit with a red shirt and a yellow tie. But he's literally dressed like a fucking hot dog. It's a hot dog car. And then he goes, you know. And then he just goes on this big like tropey thing. A lot of people don't. A lot of people are racist and sexist. They don't think about what they're. And he's oh. as he's walking around the store giving this dramatic speech where everyone's like stopped and like. You know, reflecting. Really, Maybe yeah. he's right. He's literally like taking as much shit as he he's can. Stealing Shirts, all the suits. Pants. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, he goes, and so you know, I I could get into this car, I guess, if no one wants it, that's fine. But you should all think about that. And then the for me, what made that fucking skit <laughs> is the cops are like, let's get this fucking guy. And he's like, fuck this shit. He runs <laughs> off. And he's like, fuck you. He's like so angry. It like double fingers the cops. It was such an awesome like switch in two seconds. It was hilarious. Uh, fuck you, dog shit. Yeah, the cops. What did he say? It so was like dog. It shit. wasn't like fuck you. It was like you fucking piece of shit. You piece of dog shit. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. It, he. I don't know where Tim Robinson came from, uh, but I hope he's here to stay, and I hope we see him. I hope we see him take his brand and continue to run with this show. And I want to see him on other shows. I want to. I want to look up sketches that he wrote. Uh, like on SNL, see which ones he he had a hand in. I wonder maybe this show will popularize that more. Maybe on like Reddit, we'll be able to see people. All the fanboys will start being like, "I remember when he did this." Yeah. I would like to see them do another season of this, and oh, maybe I, do it until it's not funny anymore. Maybe three, four seasons. I think they will absolutely churn another one out because I, it's it's. I'm, I think it's going to get a lot of watches, yeah. and I think it was super cheap to make. It was super quick to make, and. They're just they're gonna churn and burn those bad boys. I guarantee. So, it. but the only thing that I think stops that is I think a guy like Tim Robinson really is what he's showing. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing like an you know an accentuated version of his nonsense, but he's the type of guy that doesn't know how to just do four seasons of Netflix and just keep cashing the checks. You don't think you so? Know what I mean, I I mean, well, time will tell. I'd lo- I really those, fucking those hope those he checks it together. <laughs> they're big checks, Greg. He's the type of guy that'll be like, no, we only had. What do you mean? We we said thirty skits. We put twenty five of them on. You wanted the motorcycle. What we're done? What do you you think we're gonna do that again? We're gonna look like idiots. And the other dude's gonna be like, dude, it's two oh, mil. Man. Everyone's gonna. Did get you a see bunch the money. size of the nose on the guy? I don't think money. <laughs> I don't think money is gonna be a problem. Wait, and I would be remiss before we move off of this one just to say how great were the three. He did three different commercials. They did the lawyer. Yeah. Has this ever happened to you? That was fucking funny as yeah, fuck. Yeah, they just kept turning it and pushing it. Yeah, His typical thing. A regular situation happens and it goes so specific. The hair system? Dude, the hair system was fucking awesome. Which one was the hair? Oh, yeah. That was my real hair! <laughs> the face. I was laughing you so fucking wanna... hard at that, dude. You want to go bald? You can't just go bald in a day. <laughs> the new hair system... Mimics you actually going bald, so you get different wigs. Every 17 hours, you change one of the 59 wigs or whatever. <laughs> Dude, it's so... I, if we had... Yeah. I, I think it's a... They were really fucking... Everything about it was really... I, I think, honestly, that was that might have been my favorite skit in the whole thing, was the hair system one. Because I loved system. the commercials. When I was watching, I was like, Dude, this dude is right in our fucking alley, man. The, 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 the lawyer commercial, we totally could have done something like that. The gorilla thing... I, it, man, if we had like an eight hundred dollar budget, and a dude that wanted to dress up like a gorilla, and yeah. a couple of in an office space that we could, we totally and if we were a, if we were video based, we, we were, were video like based. actually like, and we and our commercials weren't exactly a minute, 
And there's a lot of things. There's a lot of factors that play into what what other people are. But are the able spirit to do. was there. So the when spirit, I was watching, good spirit. The other commercial was the horse ranch, which I won't ruin for anybody. But it was a good commercial. Good commercial, and like fuck, man, they were they were right there. He's definitely a kindred commercial. spirit. It was a yeah. great commercial. Excellent commercial. Uh, yeah, so definitely watch. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. And uh, there was what six of them, and they are all like fifteen minutes long. We didn't ruin everything, so even if and even if you have heard us talking about it, you're gonna laugh watching them because we didn't do shit justice to this thing. It it really is that he hit so many mm-hmm. on such a high percentage. God damn, it's really good. It makes you feel uncomfortable. It also starts to border on that comedy that makes you feel uncomfortable, which is more of a newer brand of comedy that used to not be a big thing. But the Tim and Eric really kind of pushed that. Like making you feel uncomfortable, and then you know what it is. Br- it's yeah. not like Borat, where you're like you are uncomfortable. I I really f- was thinking this when I was watching this because I totally agree with you. Borat makes you uncomfortable. Like, oh my god, did he just shit in a bag and bring it to this lady and she doesn't know? Yeah. Like, or is he gonna get beat up at the maybe killed at this rodeo? It makes you uncomfortable because you're sitting in a room watching this, and as it goes, and it takes another, and you're like. Am I okay with myself spending <laughs> some of my life engaged with this fucking material? And then you're laughing and you're like, oh, fuck, man. It's uncomfortable. It is. It is. It's. And then, yeah, it's just something about it, man. And But it's good. It's fucking great. And I uh, definitely recommend it. So now, announcing our next Millennial Book Club 180. 180. We're doing a 180. We're doing a 180. This. If you're looking left, fucking crank your head right and get ready to watch The Devil at the Crossroads. Devil at the Crossroads. Cloaked in mystery, blues man Robert Johnson left his mark on American music. Now, family, critics, and famous fans look for the real man behind the music. So it's a documentary. About this guy. It's directed by Brian Oaks. I don't know who the fuck that is, but I guess we'll know. What's your match on this one? Um, you know what? It was fairly high. And it's... Oh, it's remastered. So well, I, guess I was just admonished a... for looking at my phone, so I, I wanted to make sure I was good. To get admonished! It. So, yeah, this one is the... It's gonna... Yeah, it's a documentary about this famous guy. It's not that long. It's only 48 minutes. We'll watch it, and we'll come back next week. Yeah, and uh, my oh. match is... How come it's not giving me a match? Like ninety-seven. You're not on. I'm not on the right thing. Are you even on the app? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. You know what? But I gotta look it up from the front page. It was high. Yeah, ninety-seven percent match. So uh, we should should be pretty good. Dude, I was an IMDb. What the fuck, dude? I know. That's why I looked at it. I was like, that doesn't look anything like. (laughs) I'm on IMDb. And so, guys. Next week, you want to come back, you watch that. If you have any comments, questions, anything about anything that we've watched, even if it's from two episodes ago, we don't care, send it to us at roadsodamail at gmail.com. So you can send, uh, even if you have comments on I Think You Should Leave, you can send that to us, and we'd love to read them and talk about them on the air. So everyone can hear about what you have to say about the Millennial Book Club segments. And what was your match? I started watching it. So. He started watching it, so... <laughs> well, we, 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 <laughs> all 
All right, guys, there it is. So our uh, it was it was ninety like ninety one or ninety two. It was up there. It's up there. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it should. I, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna start a good conversation. I think that's a part of the fun of the NBC for us is that we're not like going out and searching. There's so many things out there. We're working in a very limited mm -hmm. space. It's got to be red hot NBC and aimed right at us. Where. We're on Netflix within Just like, like that Beyonce seconds. thing. Just like Homecoming. Aimed right at us. Well, <laughs> maybe not aimed at us, but I'll tell you what. They definitely shot it at us. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. in my face. And it was you didn't have to do a lot of scrolling. It was right there. Yeah. Definitely big. Some things, they just aim at everybody. They just spread 360. Hey, you might like uh, Beyonce. And so, yeah, guys. Of course, if you have any... Uh, if, and if you do send us your... Uh, what was I gonna say? If you do send us your reviews, be sure to give us your mailing address too, because you get a free listener appreciation postcard and also another Millennial Book Club postcard. It's a very special one, and uh, send all that stuff to RoadsodaMail at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys, and we'll catch you on the next Millennial Book Club with Devil at the Crossroads. See ya. Are you sick and tired of your wife nagging you? Be sick no more. With new Russian wife, you won't understand what she's saying. Here in Russia, we have a surplus and we offer high quality wife for you. Very obedient. Women in Russia practically want to be beat. Log on and select from our wide variety of tall blonde Russian wives. And within seven days, you could be enjoying hot borscht in your spotless home. Go to www.russianwifesurplus.com today. A popco brand. So you know what I've noticed with all of our segments? What have you noticed? I wanted to keep that because I thought that was funny with the thing. Anyway, the, the fact that the main segment of the show is the only segment of the show that doesn't have its own intro. Okay. Everything else, so the, the show opens, and we have the intro music, and then... We call uh, that the intro. That's behind the scenes. That's behind the curtain, guys, so... Some people say introduction. We just, we in the biz, we call it the intro. It's intro, kind of defined, the thing at the beginning. You're welcome. And then it goes into the new segment, which has its... And then it goes into a millennial cook dick, and then we end... Everyone knows that that segment ends, and there's a wonderful sponsor and everything, but there's no music. For our main segment. We'll have to work on that. I just wanted to bring it up. How do you feel about that? What do you any ideas? Um no, I like it. I like the idea of mm -hmm. it would have to be something maybe something rotating. rotating. Maybe that's where we bring in something different every Cool. Maybe it could be the interlude. Are you a musician out there in the world? Do you make music? Is your name Justin Mitchell? Go ahead and send us music. Send your music on down to Road Soda mail at gmail.com and that'll be our new interlude thing we'll, we'll play like a longer musical segment to get people jiving checking and jiving anyway so this i was just like a long-winded way of really making it known that this is the main segment of the show the main meat of the show you know where we hash tag something out we should call it the table shaker the table shaker the table shaker uh because the table shakes is that why? We're on this massive oak fucking desk. No, it's a fucking plastic. You can probably hear when I'm playing with this cue card. You can probably hear it very well. That's true. Um, so, 
Guys, folks, people, germs, ugly people, pretty people, whatever. Uh, this is like the, there's a there's a bottomless well that is a tr like true crime. Like anytime I see the true crime podcasts, it's I'm I'm blown away by the the fact that they're there and that they are planning to do so many episodes. Like they do weekly episodes. People love it, but I don't know where they're getting the material. You know what I mean? With like some of everywhere. some of them, I know, I know. That's what I'm blown away by. Oh. It's like I I look at it. And it's like super niche sometimes. It'll be like ladies over 40 that only killed their dogs. And I'm like, how are you going to have a weekly show about that? But apparently they are. And they're pumped. It's like, how many ladies over 40 out there are killing their dogs? We decided to get less crazy. We're just doing Oregon Trail related murders in the <laughs> 1800s. We don't want to do anything weird. <laughs> because, you know, things come out of style and go into style. Hats, style, you know, words, all that. People are murdering and mm -hmm. raping and fucking stealing and it's murdering gonna... and raping and stealing. It's the only thing that doesn't ever go out of style. The only thing? Dirty deeds. Dirty deeds. Dirt cheap. Done. Or free in the case is of that the name of a Is that the name of a podcast? I hope so. I think We're taking it. <laughs> Dirty deeds. Done dirt cheap. People. So this. So that's what I, I wanted to uh, dip our ladle into that. Well, why not? Uh, we have did it once before when I talked about the, the fella that stole the Eiffel Tower. And... Uh, this one is another interesting one I just wanted to bring up to you. This guy isn't a murderer. In fact, he's the opposite. He never harmed anybody. He's his... procreator. He's made children. Illegally for years. That's right. We can't find this guy. We just find his children. What's the opposite of a murderer? A, a, yeah. He's an affirmationist. Affirmationist? He goes around he just and stops suicides and creates remaining chunks of lives. With positive affirmations? To the level... Be to a level beyond what is allowable by the law. You're really cool. You deserve more. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a piece of shit. Look at him. This is a crime. You're, a, you're under arrest. <laughs> no, what's the opposite of a murderer? Somebody who makes a bunch of babies. A Catholic. A Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this guy is Willie the actor, or uh, they he wanted to go with Billy the actor, but it was too close to Billy the kid. It's close. Yeah. Billy the. Bill, Billy, Billy, yeah. Billy, uh, actor. Sounds like he was really floating on the coattails. Billy, an actor. It just doesn't go. <laughs> Billy, actor. Ah, I can't get anything right. You're just not gonna go anywhere, kid. <laughs> so it, it starts out. Uh, let me read the, how this book it organizes itself. It re has like a little, little chunk. It says, "If there, if ever there was a frustrated thespian, it was Willie. Willie. <laughs> That's how I spell it. It's Will Dash E. I'm joking. It's not like that." Uh, right from the start of his career as America's most successful bank robber, he had been fascinated by make-believe and in uh, imp impersonation. So that's what he was doing. He Dresses was... up and robs banks. Yeah, dude. Haven't you... Have you ever been fascinated by just how easy it was to rob banks, like, 50 years ago and, and on? Yeah. Most recently, I was thinking of it when we did... Um, what was the movie? The Billy... The Claw... Um... Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, the, oh, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. The Highwaymen. I was thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, that, how do you not? When you're like, he goes, fuck this. You want me to show you? And he walks him with a gun. He comes out with a bag of cash. He's like, all right, now and what? There's not even like any way to alert anyone or anything. The guy, no. the bank robber has to, the bank guy has to wait till he leaves, run down the street, get someone on a bike to go it's to like. It's like the dumbest fucking idea in the world. Like, banks were like, 
did, yeah, how how everyone wasn't just robbing banks is is far far beyond me. I think from another NBC way back, uh, the Battle of Buster Scruggs. Yes, the Battle of Buster Scruggs. That's, That's how I'm thinking of that <laughs> The fucking dude from the office from Office Space is like, yeah, my, just... my 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 money. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out his fucking revolver. He's like a fucking ten shotgun pointed at everyone's cock. But do you think that that guy? exist in new york city like if you go to new york city there's like the tellers have got guns waiting to blast people away or is that just like wild Not west that, i think that was probably wild west but i think another ver- because people were very like i gotta do it myself because mm-hmm. i'm by myself yeah in new york it's like yeah we'll and also if i kill you hand the money the over gonna and stop then we me? just spray them with bullets right out in front of the place that's right the security guard at a bank that was probably the first place they ever had a fucking dude hanging around with a hat was a fucking bank what mm-hmm. else are you guarding first yeah, money. now they guard all kinds of stupid shit, like like presidents, like presidents. So dumb. I mean, some presidents are worth guarding, not all. I think we've learned that. Mm-hmm. I think all the good ones are dead. All the good ones are dead. All of them. I think all the good S- ones haven't been born. So <laughs> you're such a pessimist. <laughs> so Willie, the actor, right? And uh, it says the Waverly School of Drama could be proud of its star pupil, Willie Sutton. Right, this guy never went to fucking school, man. And is where this, is he in New York, by the way? Is this where I just need a little contact? Yes, yes. New York City. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had studied hard for the part, paying particular attention to the makeup. He had flattened his nose, puffed out his cheeks with cotton wool, heightened his complexion. His costume of a bank messenger had been selected with great care. He was word perfect. Willie Sutton was about to make the acting debut in a. He goes in and he goes up to the, the teller line dressed as like a telegram guy, right? And he goes, I got a telegram for the boss. And then the guy... Crafty. Crafty as fuck. And he, he was perfectly timed. It was 8 a.m. And the sleepy doorkeeper of the bank at Jamaica, which is in Long Island, uh, with both the doorman's hands occupied, Willie deftly lifted the revolver from the man's hold, uh, holster and told him, now be a good boy and you won't get hurt. So he gave this guy the thing, the guy's signing, he's signing the telegram. Can I ask, what year are we talking here, roughly? Uh, this is this is like the 1930s. 1930s. Yeah. So he may be early. like... 19, it might even be a little... I was uh, only curious, because I'm like, is this a guy that watched this shit on TV? No, there's no TV. Or is there's he no like, TV. Is he like the, where might he have gotten, the, like, he might be the guy that came up with this shit. I mean, there was, stage acting was very prevalent before movies. It was like what everyone did and for entertainment. So these are like really old tropes then, like give me the money and no one gets hurt or... Well, I mean, obviously he's, he, you know, it's just... I guess what else would you say? It. Right. And, you know, in real life or in fake life, I don't want to hurt you. I don't know. But either way, as far as, uh, you know, uh, you mean the tropes of just like what they're saying. I thought you were like getting the idea of like putting on makeup and all that kind well, of I'm stuff. Well, I'm just thinking, yeah, like the whole thing. Because, right. you know, now bank robberies are just... There's so many of them. Mm-hmm. You're not doing... Nothing's original, even slightly. No. It's like, are you doing one of these? Get out of here, you oh hack. Oh, my God. He's doing a Bob Stevenson? We fucking saw that in 78, okay? What is that? A, what is that? A bomb collar around your neck? <laughs> Get oh, the fuck out of here. can't wait until that's like a fucking... Th- oh, we've seen the oh, fucking Oh, seen this collars. fucking guy. Get out of here. That is... Uh, it. That's actually a throwback to like one of our first Millennial Book Clubs. I feel like that really doesn't go anywhere, though, because I don't know that anyone's made money with the bomb collar. They have successfully <laughs> killed several pizza guys. Pizza guy did several. But I don't know how lucrative that is. I mean, when it, sweetheart, we net out the cost of the bomb collar, we're out like 600 bucks. And the pizza. And the pizza. You know how long it took me to build that thing? We can't even order from that place anymore. I really liked eating there. 
<laughs> this is the best pizza in town. Why do we... On second thought, why do, why, why do we even do this? So, uh, he told the manager, um, he's open your vault, and then he went in there. Uh, he had all the other tellers lined up against uh, against the wall and like sat down as they came in while the guy was in there getting money. He's like, yeah, sit down. And he's like, okay. And there's another guy, the door guy. And then they went to, they gathered up $48,000. Wow. A lot of money. And uh, then they both left. They they ran outside and they said, don't come out here. We got a third guy out here waiting and he's going to fucking blast you in the face if you come out here. So, toodaloo. And they all left. And then after about a minute, they realized, like, there's no way there's another guy out there. And they fucking went to get help and shit. Um, but yeah, so his story, that's just, you know, his first big bank robbery. This guy was always into acting and, uh, was obsessed with impersonation, right? And even, so, so, but he put in, he met this guy, this doctor that they just called, uh, the doc. And this guy taught him basically everything he knew. Like, the first night they met each other, they went on a crime spree and, and made, like, I don't know, like, $30,000 each. And then, from then on... Like, multiple banks in one day? Yeah, they were just, like, hitting licks, dude. Like, jewelry stores and shit. Just, like, a fun night, you know? Hanging out. A couple cool guys. And, um... And Doc... T yeah, he studied science in Chicago. The guy was, like, super smart. And he had all these, like, rules. It was really, like, Ocean's Eleven. He's, like... Uh, first of all, work, whiskey, and women never were. Everyone knows that one. But he's like, always know your exits. Like, giving them all these points of, like, how to fucking, how to do shit, right? Uh, something that was prevalent in Willie's life is everybody that, um, everybody that got, got involved with Willie ended up dying. Except for Willie. I mean, Willie like died. shot of, in like, the bank. Shot in the bank or, like, gang activity or something. And and around him, his his people that uh, he was he was involved with. So Doc is dead already. Uh, Doc Doc actually lives uh, for for a little bit, but yeah. Oh, sorry, it was only ten thousand dollars. Tagging away on to a cutaway coattails of the elegant doctor, Willie embarked on a series of spectacular break-ins on their first combined effort. They looted four shops in two hours, netting more than ten thousand dollars. As a sign that the evening's work uh, was over, the doctor. Uh, sportingly left his gem, uh, jemmy on the windowsill of a nearby place. That was another thing. He said, always have a jemmy. What's a jemmy? I don't know. It was, it was like a door jam, like like a crowbar that you can just like fucking pop open doors with and shit. Okay. Like a jimmy maybe. Like that might be like yeah. a, it used to be jemmy and now it's like yeah. jimmy that whatever. Because it is spelled J-E-M-M-Y. And so he left it on the near sill of the police station. He's like, there it is. And he... Uh, Get rid of all like the tools that you use. Uh, don't go anywhere without a jimmy. Um, he was a, cr a safe cracker. That's how he liked to do things. He liked to fucking crack safes and shit. This guy was real, real into it. But um, Doc... Always leave the tools behind. That's interesting. Because mm -hmm. now, with like, DNA and shit, it's like everything that you had, fucking bury it or fucking throw it in the Incinerate ocean. Incinerate it. Do something with it. But It I always mean, seems this, so extreme him, when like they take all their clothes off and then put them in a bag and like burn it. It's like... It's a bit much. You just wash them. Just what? Nah. I don't know. Throw them in the drawer. Dude, it's like, can they get the shit out of the, the, the washing machine? You know, does the soap break down things enough that they couldn't just wipe the washing machine? And there's like, do these people go top to bottom, clean everything, and, and it's like the, the investigators do. It's like, but back then, they didn't even have fingerprinting. Right. Back then, that's a relatively new thing as far as... They had one went. major, major 
uh, avenue to work with, and that was racial profiling, which worked very well for many <laughs> centuries. And here we are, they're trying to ruin it. <laughs> this episode of Road Soda is brought to you by 23 and More. 23andMe predicts how you're going to die. At 23andMore, we predict how you should live. By analyzing your DNA, 23andMore knows exactly what you need to do to optimize your potential. At only 5'7", Spud Webb won the NBA dunk contest, and that is amazing. But 23andMore results show he would have been the Michael Jordan of accounting. I used to work the fryers at McDonald's, but then my 23 and more results showed me I wasn't living my best life. Now I'm the fry guy at Burger King, and things are really looking up. I was a dean of a community college, but I felt like I still had more potential. 23 and more helped me realize my true calling, and now I drive a cab. 23 and more. Find out who you're supposed to be. But he... He ordered like they they were able to find out uh, that his his telegram costume was perfect because he called up he wrote a letter from like making up a school that school that I read to you in the beginning the Waverly whatever of, of like an acting school acting school and he wrote this really official letter to this costume shop and said we need a very official looking teller's uh, outfit for like Western Union. Or not bank teller, but like telegram from like Western Union. They're like, all right, there you go. We gave it to him. And then that's when he realized all you need is a fucking uniform for anywhere. And you can just, they, people just won't let you in. And that's how he robbed banks over Makes and over Makes it a lot easier to fuck chicks, too. I know that for a fact. Uniforms. A uniform. They love it. It doesn't even matter what it says. Especially if you look like a cop and you got a gun. Murderer. Wow, that's a nice, that's uniform. A nice uniform. Where are you going to? Is that, a, is that an orange? How much you make doing that? Is that t- head to toe orange? You can buy me a drink, Mr. <laughs> Whatever that says on your little patch there. <laughs> what is that? Uh, inmate 9973? Inmate. <laughs> is that what that says? So he uh, so he even got that. And then even down to the... He went and he got a, a telegram, like a real one. And then he like was able to wipe off the ink that was already on there using some kind of like acid chain. He wiped off the ink. So now he had an official telegram that was obviously, you know, a real one. And... Everything he did, he stuffed. He literally stuffed cotton balls in his cheeks, and he had cotton balls like up his nose to like f- like widen it and flatten it out. Um, he would put so that just not just that was for that one, but for other ones, he would wear lifts in his shoes so he looked taller. He would stuff his clothing to make to make him look fatter. He would, um, like I said, the nose, cheeks. He would do things with his hair, like powder his hair to make it look white, so he was older. There was talks about all the different times that he was in a lineup, and people were like ah. The guy that robbed me was like 60. This guy's like 25. Get the fuck out of here. Every, never once was he ever picked out of a lineup. And, uh, except for one time. And that one time... Put him in jail for life. Shoulda went with the other mascara. Fuck. Shoulda went with the other mascara. What he shouldn't have done was rob a jewelry store with a black guy in it. (laughs) So what happened was... He, the, him and his, him and his friend, uh, robbed this jewelry store and they were trying to get, they were trying to get into a, um, he used the Western Union messenger trick again. And the, but the manager was so terrified that he forgot the combination of his own safe. 
And at that at gunpoint, they forced uh, the Negro porter. They're using the word. <laughs> I would never use the word Negro. No, they're not porters. Oh, that word, right. Uh, to phone the proprietor at his home and ask for the combination, using the flimsy explanation that the manager hadn't turned up. The result was $130,000 of gems and another prison sentence. So what happened was this guy, uh, Jack Bassett, uh, had this wife, and it was a really fucking volatile relationship, and she ended up turning him into the cops because he cheated on her, right? So because he got turned in, Jack started singing fucking Willie Sutton. He was like a partner of Willie. He was a partner. We okay. started singing, oh, it was Willie! They fucking got Willie. The cops brought him on. They interrogated him for five days and were just beating him with a rubber hose yeah, until, he was completely, yeah, until he was completely black and blue all over. And uh, what he did to get out of that was he bit the inside of his mouth, so he started bleeding, and then he started spitting out blood and saying that his kidneys, uh, or saying that he, you know, something internal was fucked up, and then they, they stopped doing it because they were allowed to beat him, and, but just not make, like, fuck anything up internally. So that's why they would use the rubber hose. Yeah. Uh, and at, they said after that, he pissed, like, he pissed blood because of all the, the bruising in his tissue uh, for, like, two months after. Jesus. Yeah, isn't that fucking great? But anyway, um, he Willie's skill at makeup and disguise paid dividends at the identification parade, where victims of nearly all his robberies were asked to pick him out. Nobody recognized him. One victim shook their head and said, Nah, the guy who robbed me had a flat nose. Another laughed and said, This skinny fellow? The man who took my stuff had fat cheeks. I remember him clearly. And, um... But then he said, the man who grabbed my jewelry, yeah, it was you know, the same fucking trope over and over again. Willie Actor thought he had been fooled. He had fooled them all. Then the Negro porter at Rosenthal's jewelry store stopped in front of him and said, that's the man. <laughs> that's him right there. And it's like, dude, it would be the black guy. The guy that like sees through all the bullshit. Like as soon as the guy walked in, he's like, what's this motherfucker in here wearing makeup? Like that's weird. You know what I mean? Whereas everyone else, like all the other white people are just so like... You know, blind to it. Oh, it's a fat guy. Even though his fat is like all lumpy and weird. Like, you can kind of see the cotton balls when he's talking. Ah, the guy who had, you know. Have you ever seen those? Have you ever seen those where like that guy Darren Brown will go to like a store. And he's like the mentalist, like a a magician and like an illusionist kind of guy. And he'll go to like a store with, with squares of white paper that is in the exact shape of money. And he keeps it in his wallet and he'll pay for things like that. They'll even get change and shit. Have you ever seen that? No. What is he oh, like it's fucking brilliant. Pass it out. All kinds of things, dude. He bought hot dogs. He bought. He went to a jewelry store. He's just going all over town, like buying things. He's just, you know, like you would interrupt him. It's he's also like a hypnotist in a way, but you know, he's so distracting, and it's just such a mundane thing that we're doing all the time. You know, you just become blind to things that are pretty obvious. Like, you can get away with a lot like that. Hmm. And that is I've never seen that guy. You should you should look at him. He that guy is freaky. He does some really weird shit. There's some things that he does where they'll trick somebody, but it's like a 2 to 3 month con and he talks about it, dude. I, like that is where like they start building and they'll make one show like like a BBC will make like one one hour show about it and it shows them like how they started working on this guy like a month prior all to build it up to put him in a situation where he thinks that he killed somebody or something like that. And then he's sitting like they, they they've convinced this guy that to think that he like pushed somebody off of a, 
off of a roof. And this guy's like, life is over. But then they're like, nah, all lights, come on. And they're like, ah, no, nah, it's all good. You're fine. It's just like really fucked up shit. Like he was on, uh, he was on Joe Rogan talking about that shit. I'm like, dude, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't know. That is like a paranoid schizophrenic's worst nightmare. It's like, see, it was real. Everyone, <laughs> everyone was manipulating me. Um, I'll have to check that out. That sounds fucked up. It is really Usually fucked I hear up. mentalists and I'm like, next. I'm going to fucking see that shit. The guy does some really, really strange shit. There's a obviously... limited interest in hypnotism when it comes to pornography. Beyond that, eh. Yeah, just... I've heard about that. Like the hip, hypno, uh, hypnotist porn. Where like the guy is like a hypnotist and he hypnotizes the girls. I'm like, dude, I don't know how I feel about that. It's like a bunch of weird... That's really fucking strange shit. Anyway... So this guy ended up going to jail. He basically went to jail for like the rest of his life. He really, really wanted to get out. He really wanted to break out. There's one time when he built a, a little mask and everything, and it took him a long time to make it. It was like paper mache, and he left it in the in his thing. He sawed the bars off his windows. He would saw them all like every day, and then like put them back, Jesus. and then until he was ready. And then this one night, he's like, "I'm all ready to go." He set up his fake dummy in his bed and he took, takes his bars down and he starts climbing out. Just as he starts climbing out, all the lights come on and sirens start sounding because somebody else was fucking trying to break out. So I was like, shit, shit, shit! And he jumps, comes back in and he climbs and he, and he lays down and then uh, the next day they come in and they do a room search because they're just searching everyone's rooms now because this jackass tried to break out. They found his stuff and then he got sent to solitary for, like, conspiracy to break that out. That is like... bad luck. <laughs> then there was this other time when he found his way into, the like, some kind of sewers. And he crawled in these sewers for, like, hundreds of feet. And then he went down under this other, like, it was, like, 15 feet of water. And he was holding his breath and he got to a door. Came right into the warden shower. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> And he got to like this door and he couldn't open the door so he had to like swim back and he climbs out of the sewer and he comes goes back to his room and he literally lays down in his bed right when the the uh, one of the officers was like check all right <laughs> but yeah he almost died down there he almost suffocated down there and then uh, it was like a like an like his third attempt to get out he finally was able to uh, he was able to escape with a couple of other guys out of um, out of Sing Sing, yeah. What they did at uh, yeah out of the prison. So what happened was they dug a tunnel underneath the prison all the way out, and it took them like months to do it. And uh, one day, one night, this is the time. This is the time to do it. And they all went in this tunnel, and they came up on the on the sidewalk on the other side of the street, and there was two cops fucking like waiting for him, and uh, but Willie was able to actually get away. And he was away, and he disappeared, and he was out of the public for... Cops are sitting waiting for it, and he still gets away. Yeah, yeah, he was still able to get out of there. Anyway, oh wait, was that the time that he got out of there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the time he got out of there. No, no. Yeah, after crawling for 200 feet, he reached a second conduit full of water and refuse. No, that was where he almost drowned. Freedom turned. Willie knew his life was slipping away outside. How did he get out? Let's see. In a yeah. fucking coffin. He was not that good, as it turns out. Snowy night. It was. It was like the. It was such a crazy snowy, snowy, snowy night. And I guess he was able to like get in a car. He crouched. Steel door in the guard room. South of conflict. Oh no no. He was able. So yeah, he got caught for digging out. They okay. brought because they came up and the cops were right there, 
It was like a how really... Did, you, did it say how they knew? Like, did someone rat him out or something? Uh, no, it didn't say how they knew, actually. But when they got... Uh, the time they did break out, it was just a crazy snowy night. And they had, like, ladders hidden around. And... <laughs> And they had, and like when they were... Security is very lax at this prison. I know, man. And when they were like, they were running, it was so blurry. The cops actually saw them and they yelled, they, they're like, we're, they basically were like, ah, there's a guy breaking out, you know, because they couldn't see who it was. They just see like figures and the guy like bought him enough time, but they were able, he was able to escape and make it away, get in a car and disappear. And he moved to some place, started working in a nursing home because he just really liked helping elderly people. It was... He liked it a lot. The people there loved him. He so broke out of prison much. and then became a, like an orderly at a nursing home. Yeah, and the people loved him there so much, and he loved his life. And there was one day when one of the ladies, uh, because the people would keep breaking in, they all knew that he, like you know, the the media knew that he broke out of jail. So anytime there was a fucking bank robbery, they'd blame it on him, right? And they'd be like, ah, it's Willie Sutton. The most recent bank robbery was so close to one of his own that they put his picture in the newspaper. And he comes into work and he hears Willie Sutton and he's fucking shits his pants and he turns around and it's one of these other nurses, and she's like, "Doesn't it look? Doesn't it look like his name was like something different, like Dick or like, you know, Richard? Doesn't it look like you, Richard, Willie Sutton?" And he's like, "Oh, oh, it couldn't be me. I'm. Do you think I'd be working at a nursing home if that was me, Robin Banks?" Right. But uh, it worked for him for a while, but. Uh, he stayed working at the he nursing home. He stayed working and he loved his Moron. life doing this. But there was, you know, he saw this bank and he started getting, uh, seeing that this bank was just unattended and, and ripe for the picking. And he stalked this, this son of a bitch for, for years, or not for years, for like months and found it out. And then he went and he gave the information to a uh, some other crooks. And those crooks then went and broke into the bank and he got arrested for it uh, almost immediately. And um, went back to prison, and then that was that was it. But he claimed he maintained his innocence the whole time, that he did not uh, rob that bank. That last one. That last one. Yeah, he did not do it. Maybe he just lost his nerve. He was probably an older man at this point, maybe like fifty or something. He maybe didn't want well, to do it. Yeah, he didn't want to do it. He did. Yeah, he he just gave the info to other people, and uh, he wanted to stay free. But uh, that is, he was the most prolific bank robber. He was very, very good at it. Based on the number of banks? Bank, number of banks and money and all that stuff. He sold like millions, like $3 million or something in the course of like five years. He was pretty young. He spent most of his life in prison. I mean, he got caught at age like 26 or 27. Wow. And then he spent most of his time trying to get out, and then he got out, and he's maybe out for, I don't know, a handful of years. So most of his life was in fucking prison, man. Bank robbers. Crime doesn't fucking pay, Willie. You fuck. Mm-hmm. That's when you flew too close to the sun, you dumb shit. Stupid. I hate bank robbers. Don't talk that. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hope you enjoyed that episode. Greg, what'd you learn this episode? Uh, I learned that... Uh, Sex chairs not that complicated in England 200 and some odd years ago. I mean, it's still not too complicated. Now they swing them from ceilings. You ever see that movie with uh, George Clooney and Brad Pitt, um, Burn After Reading? Nope. So it's a great part where you think he's doing something sinister, mm-hmm. and then he takes... Um, who's the lady from Three Billboards in Ebbing, Missouri? I don't know. The lady from Fargo. I don't know. 
I know who she is. But he takes know. her downstairs and you're like, oh, he's going to have like some terrorist shit. And he goes, what do you think about this? And it's a fucking sex chair. When it swings back, the dildo, mm. the dildo gets in. Which isn't that bad. But it was pretty complex. He's like going to Home Depot buying lumber and like fucking mm-hmm. pieces of pole and shit. He's really horny. He's really horny. Really he was, horny. He was awesome in that. You should see that if you haven't seen it. What else did we learn in this episode? Well, we learned that these kids are bringing in crack rocks. And we also learned that uh, the funniest show on Netflix is most probably... Uh, probably mostly, definitely. Probably most definitely, absolutely. I think you should leave. Yes. Great show. Can't say enough. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> Great episode. I placed with a toilet made for farts? That's so stupid. We also learned that Willie Sutton was pretty good at robbing bank and his banks. His biggest downfall was uh, doing it with someone else. Probably shouldn't have done that. It's right? all about downfalls. It's all doing it with that. That's right. Kids, remember, if you're going to do it with someone else, do it by yourself first. Use a jemmy. Use a jemmy. Use a jemmy. Uh, thank you so much for... You know, uh, listening, guys, we, again, always want to hear from you. You can write into us at roadsodamail at gmail.com. You can write in about the Millennial Book Club segment. We will see you next week with the Millennial Book Club segment. It is the, 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 the Devil the devil at the Crossroads, story about Robert Johnson. Jump. Very close to Robert Smith. Robert Smith, Robert Johnson. I don't see the similarities. A lot of guys with those names. Probably like. Five is it because names. they're both black, Greg? Is that what it is? You racist motherfucker. I didn't think of that until just now, but yeah. I bet you didn't. <laughs> what else could it be? Guys, thank you so much. We'll catch you next week.